of John right now, John chapter 17, we'll be specifically going there. And how, much of you, how many of you guys want to just, um, what's up, Big D? How, much, how, much, how many of you guys just want to go through the perfunctory motions of church, you know, just want to, you know, we come here, sing a couple songs, hear some stuff, do the Bible, and go off and act like, you know, that was just part of our day. How many of you want to do that? Or how many of you guys want to really say, Lord, I want to experience you. Like, like, like we, go, we come to church every week. We come to service um, every week. And, uh, and I think we have to fight to not make it mundane. We have to fight to make sure that every time we come to service that we're saying, Lord, I want to I intentionally be known by other people. I want, I want to know other people. I want to put myself out there a little bit. I want to I I connect with Jesus, most importantly, that I'm here because Jesus has risen and he's made, he's made life not only new but even attainable, specifically for me as a dead man who's now alive in Christ, uh, that, that we come and we say, Lord, I want you to do a work in my heart. Lord, I want to experience you. I want you to remind me that we're not crazy, that you're not catching buses and doing all the stuff that you do and wanting to redo your schedule just because you, this is a nice hobby. Holy Spirit, allow us to come every time, every week, Sunday, and say, Lord, do a work in me. Let's not get used to meeting as the people of God. But let's enjoy the gospel together, family. And let's continually fight. We have to fight for that in our mat groups, whatever we do as Christians, because he had, he's risen, he has not returned yet, and so we continue to, to meditate and, re, and renew our minds with the same stuff, and it's hard not to go, I know that. Right, family? I'm just, this, maybe I'm just confessing to you. <laughs> but man, I'm saying, Lord, allow it to be fresh every week. Allowed to be fresh every day as I walk around and want to talk to people and, and you call people and the phones are off. And you're like, why in there? Why they make me call these people? I know y'all saying that. Look <laughs> at everybody laughing, right? Like, he, he, he right. <laughs> me too. But because he's risen, family. So let's, let's, let's go to the scriptures with anticipation. Let's not play church. Let's enjoy the Lord. Some, 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 uh, some uh, things we do here, questions are all right. We ask questions. Please feel free. Because the goal here is not performance. The goal here is understanding, knowledge of the Holy One, and that it will lead toward worship. That we will learn more about God. We won't go, man, I'm so much smarter now than I left, than I came in here. But we leave saying, well, I learned more about the Lord. I learned who I am in the midst of his story. And now, Lord, let me worship you all the more because of that. Okay? That's our goal. So let's, uh, let's hold each other accountable. Let's hold each other accountable for that, that we would all do that together. All right, fam? Um, with that said, let me pray for us. We're going to jump right in. I got some other things to share. Uh, Holy God, we thank you for the opportunity to be able to share. We thank you for the opportunity to do life together. Um, man, what an unbelievable body, Lord. What, thank you for providing uh, the crew that you've given us. I remember I was talking with, with DC, with David, and he was just like, like you just got to be, you know, our crew is kind of crazy. And we thank you for that, uh, to live here. <laughs> And to do life. And we just pray, Lord, we can enjoy each other. And most importantly, we can be reminded of your beauty. And um, Lord, we just ask the Holy Spirit, uh, bring glory to Jesus uh, through this time. Speak through me, Lord, and speak through the other people who will have questions or comments. In Jesus' name, amen. John chapter 17, uh, what we're going to do, pretty long chapter. So what, what we're going to do is the following. We're going to turn to John 17. And, and give, me, give me grace here because um, just, just for the sake of the, of the time, unless y'all want to be here to three, is 
is we're, we're going we're gonna to actually go down and we're going to actually take apart and understand here as a family, we're going to study verses 20 uh, through 26. Okay, so verses 1 through 19, uh, what we want you to do, especially if you're in Mad Groups, you visitors, you know, you got Bibles, read it on your own. Uh, we're asking everybody to read that, that, those passages on your own. And this is, a, this is a particular chapter where we can do this because it's kind of itemized. But remember, you read everything in context. I hope we're touching, teaching good Bible study methods here. Um, however, specifically, we can go to verse 20, and I'll share some, 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 some stuff uh, from the past to help us with verses 20 through 26. But I want you to read verses 1 through 19, and then at the end of today, what we're going to do, we're going to have some sheets out back. And uh, those will be some, uh, there's some questions for, to help you as you're looking at verses 1 through 19. So uh, you can read on your own, but you can take these sheets, and it'll help you sort of be able to navigate the words, sort of asking questions that are in the text that you can answer from the text, and hopefully it'll help you just massage your Bible study skills as you're learning more about um, how to interpret God's word um, accurately by God's grace. So what we're going to do right now is verses 20 through 26. What uh, you're going to do on your own is verses 1 through 19, and then you're going to discuss the chapter as a whole, probably focus on verses 1 through 19 in our mat groups and in your homes uh, with your children and with your wife, uh, you can please be feel free to discuss chapter 17 as well. With that said, let me go ahead and read um, verse starting at verse 20 down to 26. So everybody got the, 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 the rules, the instructions there, what we're going to do. So please remember to grab a sheet at the end of service. Verse 20. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be, bought, uh, uh, be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you are in me and you in me. May they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved me even as you have as loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me, given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Verse 25, righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. Uh, so we have here uh, what they call the priestly prayer uh, in John chapter 17, and he does some awesome things. When you think of, of, of this sense of him talking, it's almost like these, these continually marching orders we're seeing. I mean, we saw this whole proclamation of, God, of God's faith and like, hey, you need to have faith, faith, faith all throughout John. Uh, and then uh, the last couple of weeks, what we've seen is we've seen him almost beginning this process of equipping the disciples. Right. So we have, you know, starting in chapter 14, you start getting this whole theme of the Holy Spirit. Uh, you get the theme of the Holy Spirit in chapter 14. Chapter 15, he continues to talk about the Holy Spirit, but in a different aspect. It's more of the focus not being the Holy Spirit, but the person abiding in God. Obviously knowing that we abide in God because when we're yielding to the Holy Spirit. Okay. He continues on in chapter 16 again, discussing what? The Holy Spirit. Telling us, hey, you need to, the Holy Spirit's job is to bring glory to Jesus. The way he brings glory to Jesus is by filling and guiding us to bring glory to Jesus. So, so we, get, we get the sense of preparation. And now he goes into John 17 and he does this awesome prayer. 
uh, he begins to pray uh, for the disciples. The reason why I wanted to focus on uh, verses 20 through 26 is very interesting. He does this prayer specifically for the disciples in aspect. I mean, we can still glean from that uh, verses 1 through 19. But then he says uh, very specifically in verse 20, don't miss it, my prayer is not for them alone. So what I'm praying as I'm seeking you, Father, is not just for this first century time, right? Um, he says, I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, right? So that would be us, uh, which is exciting. And look what, look what he does here. I just want to, I'm going to have to, I'm trying to break this apart a little bit, so it might get a little weird. But if you notice, look at verses 21 and uh, 23. He, he, I was going to start, he says, uh-oh, you can go back to the thing. Look at verses 21 and 23. So he says, he says that all of them, May be one, this is the request, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Now jump past 22 to verse 23. I am I in them and you in me, may they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. So what he does here, I want to propose to you that he tells us what the request is in verses 21 through 23 and 23, and then actually in verse 22 is how he is trusting the Lord that we will be able to fulfill the request that he has. Verse 22, I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one. You see that? So he says be one, and the question is what does it look like practically to be one? Verse 23. Verse 22. So let me just start with verse uh, 21 and just talk about some general aspects to make sure we're on the same page. He says, um, God, I'm praying also for the disciples who are going to come from now on. And he says something very interesting. He talks about this relationship that he has with himself. So he says, I want them to be one just as you and I are one. Okay? This whole aspect of the Trinity. Now, we talk about the Trinity a lot, but I want us not to miss this today. So we understand the Trinity is what? There's one God in three persons, right? And each person is fully God. Okay, that's, the, that's, that, that, that's what's described in the scriptures, uh, that there's this relationship that the triune God has with himself. Okay? Now, but he says, I want them to be one. A lot of times when we think of one, we think of one in an aspect of attitude, um, mission, right? Uh, fo- like job or focus. And, we think, and, we, and that's how we even think of one as a church a lot of times. We, think, we can think of one like organically. We think, of it, we think of it in a sense of, like, how do you run a, how do you run a nice church? But, but, when you, but if, if that's all he's talking about here, then we have a problem. Because there are so many pagan organizations, organizations that, that don't know God, um, who run very well. They do, great, they do great things in communities. And so I want to propose to us that, that the Bible, when it's talking about this oneness, when it's trying to help us understand the relationship of the Trinity, that, he, that, that the focus is not about just a simple sense of, like, we all gather together for a common purpose. Like, let's be clear here. The, the world is not going to know what God is about and that he rose from the dead just because we all moved into the community and we're cleaning up alleys and stuff. Unbelievers can do that. So we can't get it twisted. Now, the works matter, but that can't be the focus. That can't, that can't be what he's talking about here. There has to be something else. There has to be something else that he's talking about when he says, I want you to be one. And I think we get it. And I think that, and, and we, we, we can say this, but I want us to dissect this a little bit. That, that when he talks about the relationship of the Trinity, he's talking about the relationship of love. 
The focus is love. A lot of times we want to dissect the Trinity. We always say this. We want to dissect the Trinity, you know, like who is the Trinity? Like, is it like ice? Is it like water? And we want, to, we want to understand the substance. But the Bible's always wanted us to understand the Trinity in aspect of relationship. And that is the relationship the Trinity has with one another. And it's a relationship of a fireball of love. It's like a big old fat love ball. I don't know how to, I don't know how to express it. And that, they, and that, that there's no... There's no Envy, there's no one saying, you know what, why do they always say in Jesus' name versus Holy Spirit name Jesus? The Holy Spirit's not tripping like that, right? There's, there, there's no sense of like, well, I want to get mine too. But they're all, if you, when you read the scriptures, you look at 1 Corinthians 15, you look at, I mean, you see them, you know, for, uh, John 16, you see that Jesus being so okay with giving glory and honor to the Father. We see the Father being okay with giving the kingdom back to Jesus. We see the Holy Spirit being very okay with saying, my job is to bring glory to Jesus. And so this consistency of love that we see in the Trinity. So what makes heads turn? What's going to make heads turn in our community? If he's saying he wants us to be one, just like they are one, what makes heads turn? And again, it's not, it's not the stuff we do. It's not the organization. And, and, and I want us to get this because I, I want to make sure that we're not walking around in here and we're just saying we got this cool thing we're doing, it's these cool tasks we're trying to focus on, and we're all united for this common purpose. When, when the Trinity is saying, what I want people to see is a robust, this crazy, Holy Spirit-filled aspect of love, of reflection, of, of, of reflective love. When I say reflective, now don't miss this. Not that just you are loving people, but that they are loving you. See, we miss that when we talk about the Trinity, but that's what the Bible is showing us. And, I, and it's very important is that we talk about selflessness, and for sure, we need to be selfless. But there's something about God making the focus of this prayer being just the church. Do you notice in the prayer, he's not asking you just to go out and love other people. You don't miss that, family. That the primary focus of the believer, we don't like to hear this, but I will tell you it's robustly biblical, the primary focus of the believer is first to make sure that they are loving the people of God. Now we go, whoa, 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 Aaron, hold on. Now I get dirty and serve just like the rest of y'all, so y'all know I ain't tripping. But I'm saying that the Lord, the Lord is saying that he says when they see that cyclical reality of love within the people of God, when they see the love of the church, being the church, loving each other, caring for each other. Think about it, first century Acts. And a lot of airplay about all the stuff they were doing for other people. They were doing for other broke people in the church. I'm just saying. So God is saying that he wants it to be reflective. He wants it to be simple. He wants it to be round and round, that we are loving each other. I'm loving you and you're loving me. And there's this, this sacrificial reality that we see in the body. And then people see that and they say, whoa. Look at that little trinity. Genuine love. We're not called to dissect the trinity, but reflect the trinity. You and me. Now, here's the cool thing about this. I think we actually, I think this is, I think we, the Lord has given us a lot of grace to really try to learn how to do this and do this well. Like we're, we're, I feel like we, we, we try to do this well. I watch our body, and you guys, people over for dinner here, and people over for dinner there, and people are serving each other and house-sitting, babysitting, and I just watch people wanting to be Jesus to each other in our body. And I salute our body because I just think it's a really cool demonstration. And I personally believe that's why the Lord has slowly given us grace, and that's why people are attracted because of the, the radical love that I see within our body. And I praise the Lord for you. Um, but even as First Thessalonians says, you love great, but love even more. Um, 
So, so, so what happens when you have a, what does it look like when you have a, when you have a community of people who are saying, and, 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 and don't miss this family, I'm not saying there's something wrong with loving individuals, homeless, who don't, love, who don't know the Lord, or people on the street. That's what we do. That's what we do as well. But what I don't want to have happen is and what can happen in our church, especially in evangelical circles today, is we can have more grace for the unbeliever than the believer. That's not biblical. Don't think you're being overly holy when you do that. You're actually bringing reproach upon the church. Because God has called you first to make sure that the people of God are okay. Wrestle with it. Go to the text. He's called to say, are the people of God doing okay? Are you loving them well? Are they walking with me? Are they connecting with me? Is there, is there a, when people come here, do they see a fireball of love where it reminds them of the Trinity family? Because that's what he's praying for. He wants us to be one like they're one. Now, there's a difference. What is, practically, you know, I was talking to some friends. When you think of, and, and, I, and I'm staying on this subject because I want us to understand the, the manifestation of the Trinity and what it means theologically. We need to know what the meaning is so we can now apply it to our lives. Like, so here we are as believers. Um, I feel like we get the whole reality of, like, you got love and you got the antithesis being hate. I get that, okay? But I want to I ask you, I feel like that's not our deal. I feel like the way we can grow in this area, family, is I, and, and, I, and I'm, I'm just convinced of this in my own heart. I'm like, wow, Lord, I need, I need to do something in my life is that what I see us as believers doing is instead of love, we're kind of selfish. I feel like in the body of Christ, what we do instead, we don't hate, but we're just kind of selfish. And it's really about us. And it's about, and you know, even I just, you know, just hearing, I, I just, I love your humility of saying, man, and I really struggle with like, you know, all the things I could be doing. and all this. I love that. I love that wrestling. But man, I, I pray that all of us are wrestling with just our selfishness. It's how we, we, you know what, can you go to the, the circle little thing, buddy? Thank you. So you got the relationship of love, you know. And what's interesting, um, I feel like we all, can I jump up here real quick? I feel like we all love, we all want to be like this guy, receiving it, right? But here, we want to do this simply on our time and not Holy Spirit time. And, 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 but you see, it seems that the Trinity it's just, consi- see, and, and we talked about this, I think uh, uh, it was uh, me, Jim Salem, we were talking about even when you're on a freeway and, and you know, the roads close in, uh, and you know, we're that guy, you know what happens now, what you going to do? They told you a mile and a half ago that the road's going to close in, <laughs> right? Hallelujah, praise him. All right, now what you do, because you Christian, you're like, all right, Holy Spirit, I want to be good, but are they going to cheat? And so you say, well, my holiness will be based on other people's holiness. So if they don't cheat, I won't cheat. Right, D? So what we do, but then you start seeing them going past, and you know they can read too. And so you go, well, it's a dog-eat-dog world, and I don't see none of the members, so I guess I can go ahead and move to the left. Right? And so we try to get ours. Right? Right? <laughs> Right? That's what we do. Everybody's like, yeah, man, I ain't changing either. See, that's the problem. That's the problem. So, 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 so sometimes, so I feel like what we do is we go, we see what the Lord is calling us to, but you know how we're scared to radically, sacrificially love in our body? Because we're like, well, what if I give all that love and I don't get that love back? 
What if I sacrificially cook and sacrificially serve and sacrificially pray and I go to all the stuff and I'm, and I'm trying to be faithful and I'm trying to share my faith and I'm trying to love my kids well and I'm trying to give my money and I'm trying to give my talents and then everybody else is hoarding. He buy new cars and he'll fix this up and he'll fix that up. Well, well I'm going to get mine too. And it short circuits what God has called us to. And we don't reflect the Trinity. And then we wonder why people want to go to fake churches. Where they get massaged for being selfish. Is there, is there a way, family, where, where we can say, I'm going to be radical, and you know what? The Lord knows it. I'm going to trust you to love me back. That's why there's no commitment in our churches. There's no commitment because we're scared. We need love. I laugh at guys who's, you know, they break up with a girl or something, and they act like it didn't hurt. It hurt it. We, we were created to be loved. If we did this and we didn't care about what the other person did, I guarantee you God would do radical things in our body, family. I guarantee you. If we just do what God has called us to do and say, God has called me to radically love the people here, to care for them, to pray, to, to, to sacrificially give of myself. And I'm not trying to put any, anybody on blast, but I, just, I mean, we all got stuff to do. I know we all got stuff, ways to grow. But there's some people in our body who really model as well. And I'm, I'm, for the sake, I'm not going to put anybody on blast, but there's some people who model, you know what? I don't know what you're doing, but I'm called to love. And you know the people. Get around them. Hang around them. Let's learn how to not be selfish. Let's learn how to be the Trinity family. Let's give love and receive it. Some of us can't even receive it. We're too prideful. You don't see the Father saying in 1 Corinthians 15, and I'm giving, you know, Jesus is going to rise, I'm going to give the kingdom to Jesus, and Jesus say, no, Father, I don't want the kingdom, Father. I don't want The Lord has called us to reflect himself. What does he look like? He looks like a fireball of love that is not concerned about selfishness, that is not trying to get his. He's saying, I'm fully going to trust you and I'm going to love you and I'm going to trust you're going to love me. And it always comes back. Let's continue on, family. It seems that the scriptures are teaching that what happens is love. Hear me, family, love. Love births unity. We're not united because we're building a house, because we live in a poor neighborhood, because we're trying to have an interracial, uh, just an eclectic group. That's not what unites us, family. Let's get, it, let's get it clear. Because we're socioeconomically diverse, that is not what unites us. Let's not hold our chests out with all some of the things that the Lord has allowed to happen here and think those are the reasons why we're, why, we're, why we're united. No. What the Lord wants to unite us, family, is an unbridled, robust love for each other, that we are down for each other, that we are ride or die up in here. That's what the Lord wants to have happen. And you know why, family? Guess what? You know what happens? That's why we experience such warfare. That's why you're struggling, because you're actually trying to fulfill that call. You're actually saying, I want to be committed. And there's things wrong, and the pastors do weird things and do crazy things, but I want to be committed to these people. Unless I see something crazy that's demonic, I'm committed, ride or die. And then Satan says, i got to do something with this guy. i got to do something with this girl, because they're starting to get it. They're starting to want to be committed to a people? Really? 
Just, just no matter what, we're going to just be here and we're going to just serve and just live a radical life in Christ. Oh, man, I got to bring drama and I got to bring gossip and I got to bring something because Jesus is doing something here. That's why you got drama. Don't give up. Fight for what God has called us to. He's called us to be united. He's called us to be that fireball of love. And that's why we're called, the selfish peace, that's why you're called to be loving. When you're walking around here, if you're a new believer and you're still thinking it's cool to, to not say hi to you, this is about love. Get outside your prideful self. Okay? It's all insecurity. I know it. I did it. I do it. God wants you to be known and to know. Don't waste time. Don't waste the Holy Spirit's time as he's doing that awesome work in you. Be broken and let him do that work. Feel a little. Can we, family? Can we do it? Can we say today, I'm just going to feel. I'm going to tell you my fears. I'm going to share my heart. And I'm going to ask you about your heart. That's what the Lord has called us to. Jesus is not harboring things from the Father and saying, no, I just can't tell you. You understand. You don't know what I've been through. It's not happening. Just take your cues. Forget what I'm saying. Take your cues from the Trinity. Do what the Trinity does. And I guarantee you, family, God will work in us and through us. Guaranteed. So he says, so check it out. So that was verse 21. Look what he says here. He goes on. I'm going to jump down to verse 23. So you got love that births unity, right? And then you notice he says, in the sense of it births belief, right? Um, I and them and you and me, may they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Um, so I just talked about the reciprocal dynamic love, that the goal, so the goal is that love, we see this all through scripture, 1 Corinthians 13, that love is perfected in us, right? That he, that he allows, that he's maximizing his glory when we are fully loving, yielding to the Holy Spirit. And he says, this is what it looks like. Now, how do you do this in the real world, family? I'm going to move on. That was verse 22, how you, move, how you do this in the real world, um, Let's read verse 22 real quick. He says, I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. What does this look like? Glory, 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 glory. This is why it's hard. So we go, well, okay, love, I get that. I want to do love. I want to love. I want to be love. Why is this hard? Why is this hard? This is why it's hard. See, we think glory, we think power, majesty of God, honor and attention. We talk about that, you know. Okay, you think of Exodus, um, the verses, um, I think Exodus 33, the whole issue of, you know, him, Jesus, the Father saying, I'm so powerful, you know, if I show you my glory, I'm going to kill you. So what I'll do is I'll show you my back, you know, and then he leaves glowing, right? So Moses comes down, he's like glowing now. So that could be what he means, right? He could be saying, you know, you're going to get Jesus' glory and you're going to be glowing. But that's weird because I don't know how glowing will affect community change, um, especially because verse 22 is sandwiched between two community verses, right? Being one as ye is one, asking the people to be one. So, so the question we have to ask ourselves is, well, how do we understand glory from this perspective? How do we understand glory here? It seems the way we can understand the glory uh, that he's trying to give us is to understand the glory that the Father gave Jesus, right? Now, what did the Father give Jesus? You know what the Father gave Jesus? 
he gave him. That here's, here's the glory that Jesus got. A lowly life of sacrificial service culminating in a crucified death. You want that glory? That's the glory that he's asking you to want. I know, isn't that crazy? He's saying, he's, saying, he's praying this now. This is, the, this is Jesus praying this for his people. He wants you. Now, hear this. So you don't want hardship. You don't want drama. He just prayed that your life will experience the crucifixion. He's saying the same, the same joy of the cross that he partook. He was, I'm sure there was drama in his heart, but he went there. And he went there. He says that glory, that lowly service, that sacrificial life of loving and caring for people who even hated him. And went to the cross. He says, I want you to retell that story, family. And that's the plight of a Christian. That's what blows me away as I walk with the Lord. I'm like, man, so you're telling me my life? So I died, rose with you by your grace, and now my life is to be a sacrificial offering daily. That's what you're calling me to. Man, that's crazy. That's not fun. But there's joy. And he's saying to you and me, family, that the call of the believer, the reason why we're on earth, and this is why, you know, people think we would do discipleship as if it's like, well, should everybody be disciple? I'm going, I think the only warped thing in that is this. There's something warped because I'm proclaiming to you that the Bible is saying when you give your life to Jesus, Jesus is all that matters. I'm proclaiming to you the Bible is saying that the Lord is saying that Jesus becomes your joy. He becomes your treasure. That there's nothing like being his child. And that all of life, no matter what your issue was or what you loved or what you could do well, that everything in life is now centered on him. And now your cues are, Jesus, what do you want me to do today? Jesus, what is my mission now, Lord? Let me read your Bible to understand what you called me to. That your life totally changes and now your whole focus is you are a servant of God. But praise God, he don't just make a servant. He says you're also a co-heir. Hallelujah. You also get to run things with them. So, lowly service culminating in the cross. That's all I got. That's, that's what he, so he's saying, you know how you do this? You know how you love like this? You know how you be one like we are one? This is what we did. This is what we do. And guys, you guys know, everyone who lives in our community, doesn't it feel like that? Everybody like, mm-hmm. Doesn't it feel like that? No pats on the back. Don't nobody know that you're going over people's houses and people kind of playing you. Don't nobody know you're calling. Don't nobody know you're on the street serving. No one knows the people you're praying for. No one knows the pay cuts you're taking. No one knows that you, you want to do what? I mean, no one knows the passion of you having a hold. Like, it's not even like you can just be here by default. It's almost like your flesh want to leave. Satan want you to leave. And you're holding on to this thing. And you're like, what in the world? I'm going to hold on so tight. You feeling me? I'm telling you, God is doing that. Because our people need Jesus in his community family. And that's why he's called us to be here and be a light. He says, you want to be one? This is what it looks like. Let me move on, family. That's the glory that we get. But I love what he does here. Look what he does. Look at the play on words. Verse 24. 
He says, Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you love me before the creation of the world. You love that? Notice what he did there. So he went from the glory that we receive on a cross, the, the sacrificial lowly life, where you say, man, I'm trying to walk the Lord and I got this drama going on right now and I'm still holding on to Jesus. And he says, guess what? I know, I'm, I'm feeling you, sis. I went to the cross. It kind of was messed up. You know, I get it. He's like, but hold on. Because guess what? Look at verse 24. That glory translates into a glory where I'm in heaven, I'm with the Lord, and I get to experience all the beauty that he's made when he's recreated all things. Do you see that? He says, you don't just stay here on the cross. You rise too. Look at the play on the words. He says, you get this glory. And you're going to experience the joy, the joy in you taking it and you being obedient to it. And you're saying, I, Lord, with all my I messed up and I was all crazy, but I wanted to faithfully serve you. And he said it was hard. And he says, but one day you're going to come and he's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. And you will be with the king of the kings forever with him. The glory with him that he was given before he was even what they call coming to being as a person. He said, I had this a long time ago. What did he have a long time ago? He was kicking it with the Father, with the Holy Spirit, running all things, king of all kings, created, uncreated and created things. He says you will be there with him. That's the promise. That's the joy. The joy of taking this hardship and just knowing there's joy in this because I'm being obedient to my king. And then one day that joy is going to be made in fulfillment because we're going to be with our king fully. that he had even before creation of the world. He ends by saying, Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know you you have sent me. It says, I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. It all comes full circle. You see that? That love? The love that you have for me. You see that? I wasn't making this up. It's that love may be in them. If that love is in them, I'm in them. I love what he does here. He does a couple things. He reminds us that you're not a Christian because you discovered Jesus. He revealed himself to you. He says, the world don't know me. So praise him for that. But then he also reminds us, this task I'm asking you to do, this, this robust task, I mean, I know how crazy and selfish I am. He's saying... I'm in them. He's not asking you to do this on your own. Jesus doesn't just rise you from the dead and say, now go be holy. He says, I'm with you. I got you. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order. See that? He says, I made you known to them, but you know what? I'm going to the cross, but I'm going to continue to do this. I'm going to continue to make you known to them. You see that? in order that the love you have for me may be in them and I myself may be in them. I proclaim to you, he's saying, I'm going to do it up to the cross and I'm going to continue to do it through the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to continue to make myself known to them. That's the beauty we have in the gospel. Fireball of love. Family, as we begin this whole aspect of uh, we're going to do communion right now, um, can we have people, um, we're going to do tithe and communion. I just want you and are we going to have a song? Love to have the bing, uh, get up and play. I want us to think about one thing, okay? Ask yourself, with, 
with the grace of the Jesus, understanding the gospel, understanding we are under the umbrella of grace, we don't have it all together, but ask yourself this question. Holy God, am I adding to the love of the body or am I detracting? Am I a love giver or am I just a love taker? Do you provide deposits into the kingdom bank account more than your withdrawals? Ask yourself that question. What we're going to do is a couple things, family. I had to close off. Um, we're going to have, uh, first and foremost, we're going to have tithe and offering. If you're new here, please let your wallet stay in your pocket, purse to your side. We're not trying to get your money. We want you to enjoy Jesus. We're asking people who love Jesus. This is a, this is a part of worship. We're asking them to worship the Lord. If you're MacAver, you get that. This is a time of worship. Please worship the Lord by letting him know that he's giving you everything and here's Here's something back as a cheerful, as, as you're a cheerful giver. If you're new, but you love the Lord and you get that, you understand this is a worship time, please give to the Lord and worship your, worship your king. Um, but don't feel compelled. Um, right after we do tithe and offering, uh, we're going to have a time of communion. We're going to have two men stand up here and we're going to offer um, wine and bread representing the blood of Jesus spilled for us for our sins, representing the body broken for us. Uh, we're asking people, if you love God, please come down and just and experience uh, the beauty of communion, understanding that what we're doing right now is we're testifying to the world and to one another that Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose for us um, and, that, and that he's coming back. And so um, we are asking, though, if you're not a believer and you're just sort of figuring this thing out and you're trying to understand Jesus more, take your time, just sit and rest. Uh, the communion time is just for the people of God. And so we ask you to allow uh, the cup and, and the bread to pass by you for just for the community of faith. So after tithe, then we're going to have the men come up, and then at your leisure, come and take communion. Uh, you can take it in the corners. I'm going to pray right now. Take it at your leisure in the sides, back at your seats. And then at the end, I just want you to enjoy a song and worship your king. Uh, and, and think about this stuff. Think about the reality of what God has called us to when he talks about having the love of the Trinity family. With that said, come on down, guys, and tithing. You're tithing.